Welcome to Vision Drip, a podcast designed to give you a steady drip of our vision, mission, and DNA to establish and refine the gospel culture at Sacred City Church. I'm your host, Pastor Sam Schmidt, church planter and pastor of Sacred City Church in Moline, Illinois. I am so excited to have you with me as I hope this podcast helps to equip you as a disciple of Jesus in the everyday rhythms of life as we set out to make disciples, plant churches, and renew this city. Not only do I hope that this podcast helps you grow, but it would grow your affections for Jesus. So let's dive into this episode of Sacred City Vision Drill. Hey everybody, I hope you had a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, it was just such a blast to be able to worship and uh, celebrate our Savior's birth back-to-back days. I loved it. I, I think we might do it again. I don't know. We'll see. Um, definitely if Christmas falls on a Sunday again, but man, it was it was good. I really enjoyed it. And actually, uh, we just got back from uh, being off the road here. I, I'd gotten to town maybe 30 minutes ago and... Um, we'd spent some time with my family over on the other side of the state of Iowa and got to see, uh, my brothers and, uh, little nephews and my niece that I got to meet for the very first time and very grateful for that time with family to celebrate the birth of our savior. And, um, yeah, so I hope you had a good time as well. When Christmas winds down, that means that a new year's on the way. It's December 28th right now as I'm recording this. And typically as uh, the year winds down, um, you do want two things, really. You, you kind of review the year. Um, you look back, you celebrate the wins, you kind of grieve the losses and, and uh, pull whatever lessons you can pull away from those. Um, and just sort of reflect on the past year, see where God's hand's been at, see, see how things had changed from what you thought maybe the year would look like and different seasons and different situations that you found yourself in and how the Lord is gracious and provided through it all and was, was there with you in the midst of it, giving thanks and also um, just expressing gratitude for the life that we have. I mean, we, we got to go around the sun a whole nother year, which is quite the gift. Um, especially when you think about it, that every morning there are new mercies and you get stacked 365 of them on top of each other. It's quite, quite extraordinary. So you look back and then also you tend to look forward. You kind of start to plan. Now, not everybody does this. In fact, this is something that I didn't do, not until probably like, I don't know, seven, six or seven years ago, I really started getting the habit of sitting down and planning ahead and thinking about what what do I want, rather than letting the year dictate what's going to happen to me, um, I get to sort of exert some energy and some of my agency to say, here's what I'd like to see happen. And sometimes those things happen, sometimes they don't, but at least um, you, it's not like you're getting tossed around. You've got some sort of uh, aim in mind. You've got some target that you've you've put up on the wall and you said, this is what I'm aiming for this year. And um, and you give yourself to working toward it. And so as as we move toward that, and, and I want to invite you into that because I do really think it is, it's a key piece of stewardship of 
you know, you're, you're not promised tomorrow. Um, but one of the things that we're taught, the principle that we're taught in scripture is to be a good steward of what we do have and to do something with what the Lord gives us. And if we don't make plans, if we don't have a little bit of forethought or foresight to, to things, then a lot of times we can just sort of waste away and um, squander a lot of God's gifts and graces to us. And so I want to just invite you to to be a little bit more thoughtful this year and and strive toward a, a better 2023. Um and, uh, and kind of lay out some ideas of, of what, what you want to accomplish or what you feel or what you believe the Lord is calling you into um, based on where he's brought you from this past year and, and maybe some, some weaknesses that he's exposed, some strengths that he's exposed. And so uh, I sat down and uh, to help you think through this, I, I, um, I've laid out 10 steps, not steps. I don't, I don't know what to really call this. It's, it's 10 thoughts or 10 ideas, 10 something. I don't know. We'll come back. Oh, as I, as I talk, maybe I'll, I'll come up with a clever, uh, tagline for it. Um, but 10 things for you to think about, um, to, to point yourself towards a better 2023, which, um, you know, who doesn't want to have a better year in this coming year than you had last year. So here are 10 things that I think that every Christian, um, every, every person for that matter ought to give themselves to, and in doing so, I, it puts you on a trajectory for a better year. So, um, the first one, number one, I wish I had a drum roll. Number one, daily Bible reading and prayer. That should not come as a shocker to anybody here. Um, but if you want to set yourself up for success, if you want to be able to, um, to, to get the most out of life, to be able to navigate the difficulties and trials and struggles that come down, um, a, a healthy diet of, uh, daily Bible reading and prayer are essential. Um, in fact, it takes me back to, um, I read it, I think one of these past podcasts from last year, um, Dane Ortland in his book called Deeper talks about the essentials like Bible reading and prayer are breathing. Bible reading is inhaling. You're taking in um, the word of God, living and active, something that you can build your life on. You're, you're taking it in. And then prayer is to breathe back out, right? To, to um, expend. And, and in one of the ways that we learn to breathe well, um, this this union between Bible reading and prayer is by spending time in the Psalms. And that's the, one of the reasons why last year um, in our Feast to Flourish chapter a day Bible reading plan, um, the Psalms were... Uh, on repeat, basically, we we went through. I don't. We didn't get through all of them, but it was about every every couple, maybe two three days, um, you jumped into a psalm, in addition to working through the New Testament. So, um, I, I think that if you want to set yourself up for a better year, um, these two things are non negotiable. In fact, if, here, here's what I can guarantee: if you want to have a worse year than you had this year, you ought to neglect your daily Bible reading and prayer life. Um, and I guarantee you, it's going to, it's not going to go well for you. It's not going to, you're not going to find the daily bread that you need, uh, that we're taught to pray in the Lord's prayer. And so, um, give yourself to that. Now, he, here's what we're going to do to help you. Um, cause we don't want to say, Hey, just go do it. And then, you know, leave you kind of wandering aimlessly. Uh, we're going to continue on with our feast to flourish campaign. Um, that's just going to be a staple of what we do at sacred city. Um, from here on out, um, a, a church-wide Bible reading plan. And really, um, 
it, it's something that I hope everybody can participate in. Now, if, if you are already doing, maybe you're doing a Bible in a year reading plan or, or something along those lines, you got your own Bible reading plan. I, I'm not going to be heartbroken if you opt to do with do one that's a little more intensive um, than what we're kind of laying out, inviting you into. Um, this year, we are going to up the ante a little bit, though. Instead of a chapter a day, um, what we're going to do is have, it, I think it's a couple of chapters a day, um, because really those one chapter a day could, could turn into 45 seconds of Bible reading and that could be it. And so this is going to help us a little bit. We're going to spend time we're going to do the new Testament again. I think we're going to do Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So four fifths of the Torah, um, the Psalms, and I believe the Proverbs or a portion of the Proverbs. Um, and so we'll get a little bit more Old Testament in the mix there, New Testament as well. And, uh, and we'll kind of plug through. Now this year's, the design is a little bit different where um, it's six days on one day off. So I know I've done enough Bible reading plans over the years to know that you need catch up days. If it's, if, if you, um, if, if it's a lot of volume of, of scripture, um, it's easy to, to get off track and then be so overwhelmed by, um, the plan that you have that you just, you feel like I can't, there's no way I can get back on this horse. And so we wanted to build this in and help people kind of gear up for, um, the next step in, in 2024. Um, but, but for this year, a couple, couple, maybe two, three chapters a day, it's all based, um, on a word count. So, you know, it's, it's going to be about the same day to day, um, really, and I don't think it's any more than five minutes of reading. I don't know. There's a program that helped us design it this time. So anyway, I invite you into Feast to Flourish, this uh, Bible reading campaign. Um, we'll make the bookmarks available for you. I believe Abby has been working on putting together a page on Church Center to be able to access that digitally. Also, the Dwell app. So here you go. We're making it easy for you to jump into daily Bible reading and prayer six days on, the seventh days of Sabbath. You can Obviously, you're going to be in the Word on Sunday morning. You're going to worship uh, with your church family, but then also have those the opportunity to catch up or if you want to do some more in-depth study. Um, and so we will be doing that. But I also want to just encourage you. So um, like I said, it's not a ton of, of volume of daily Bible reading. Um, another way to get in deeper to the word would be to say, listen, I'm going to each quarter of the year, I'm going to choose one book of the Bible and I'm just going to read it over and over and over um, as, as often as I can. And so I'm going to spend, you know, maybe it's one one or two chapters a day and I'm going to pick up a commentary or some, some extra resource that's going to help me kind of extract more. Um, or, or maybe you're going to go back and listen to a sermon series that we've done or something along those lines that'll help you kind of go deeper into um, the content uh, of your, your, your daily Bible reading plan. Um, and so I think that's really important. The, the daily Bible reading aspect of 2023, I think is going to be essential for setting you up for a great new year, um, but also prayer. And, um, and uh, prayer is something that is, honestly, it's really hard. Um, I don't think, I don't think we're always as honest as we could be about the difficulty of prayer. Um, in fact, there's a lot of things, uh, that are, don't compare to the difficulty of it. And one of the hardest things you'll probably ever do is give yourself to a lifelong of, of devotion and prayer, and it's something that you got to develop. So I, I just would encourage you. Um, there's plenty of books on prayer that can be helpful. Um, I think of oh, what's his name? I think Donald Miller. Nope, that's not it. It's something Miller. Miller. Um, shoot, a praying life is the name of the book. Um, that could be helpful for getting your mind around it. Tim Keller wrote a book on prayer. He said it took. What did he say? It took him like. 
six years or something like that to develop a really healthy discipline of prayer. So you're, you're giving yourself to something that's going to take a long time to cultivate, and, and that's okay. Um, it's totally worthwhile. Um, but then also going to God with um, prayer requests, like becoming a, somebody who is a... Uh, a great intercessor, somebody who's going going to the throne room of God um, on behalf of others. And I would just really encourage you to start first with your family. Um, if you're not making a, a, a daily practice of praying for those in your family, whether it's your husband, your wife, um, your kids, you got extended family, maybe they're going through uh, health issues or life, a season of life that's difficult or or whatever, just making it a practice of doing that. But I would also say, um, have have use the roster from Church Center. Um, if you go to your your missional community page, you can see who's in your group, and use that as a uh, sort of a checklist of people to pray for. One of the things I'd love to see is uh, are the people of our church becoming more disciplined and giving ourselves to more regularly um, a deep prayer life for one another. And that's something that you can't, there's no shortcuts to it. There's no like easy hacks or here's how you hack your prayer. It's just a matter of sitting down, um, being disciplined and, and fighting for uh, fighting against distraction. So you can sit and pray um, and lift up those people in your missional community in prayer. And, or even you could do it with church members, the members of sacred city church. I, something I do, I have a, I have a giant um, spreadsheet right by my desk. And a couple times a week I, I pull that off and I sit down and I pray um, name by name and I go through and pray for people that way. So uh, that's number one, daily Bible reading and prayer. Number two, if you want to set yourself up for a good 2023, you need to worship local. And and what I say, I say this in, um, it's really twofold. One is to be uh, in attendance on Sunday mornings, like prioritize the Sabbath. I, I think it was a few, it's probably a month or so ago now. Um, when we were in Nehemiah talking about the, the prioritization, um, the planning, the preparation that's necessary to, um, keep the fourth commandment to honor, uh, the Lord's day, the Sabbath day. Um, and keep it holy. And so I think that's something that we need to fight for um, and not let convenience or difficulty or, you know, lethargy or whatever it is that that prevents us from from worshiping with the saints um, on Sunday mornings. We need to fight against those. Like we need to be disciplined in this activity um, and, and see that God, just as much as as he wants to uh, do something in us as we worship on Sunday morning, that that it brings honor and glory to him. It's 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 an offering to him that we would give our morning or Sunday morning um, to that. But also, um, worship goes beyond um, just Sunday morning, but understanding how we live in a worshiping community. So, um, missional community life is not a an add on. It's not a an auxiliary piece of the Christian life. Um, it is an essential of the Christian life. Um, you, you get adopted into God's family, and He places you in the in the company of brothers and sisters in Christ, um, not just by name, but also by just the reality of living life on life, life, brushing shoulders together, sharing life, sharing meals, that, that normal stuff of what missional community life is, and not just that one night a week where you have that, that family meal where you get together and you share a meal and pray and do a little Bible study or sermon discussion or you work through a curriculum and, you know, uh, missional community life, worshiping life in community on a regular basis is also an essential for the Christian life. And it'll help you set, set yourself up for a better 2023. Now, this doesn't mean that you do this and life will get easier, right? We're not, we're not prosperity gospel folks here where we say, oh, all you got to do is pray and read your Bible and show up and then God's going to bless your socks off tremendously. And 
And well, at least not in the way that, that we tend to think of it. I do think that God will bless your socks off tremendously, but it may not necessarily come in health and wealth and prosperity and all of that other stuff that, uh, that your, uh, television evangelists tend to, uh, woo people with. Um, but I do think that, that it's an essential thing and it might be hard. It might, it means that God will put you in, in community with somebody that's going to be difficult, but it's going to be sanctifying. Um, and in that there's glory and there's beauty and there is grace. So, uh, number one, daily Bible reading prayer. Number two, worship local. And here's number three, you need to take care of your body. Uh, we are not just souls. Um, the body, the physical nature of your humanity is not a bad thing. It is a good thing. In fact, God says it's very good. Um, and part of stewardship, part of taking care of what you have is taking care of your body. Now, this might look different for a lot of us. So the, the number one and number two, it should be pretty similar from person to person. Um, but number three is probably going to look different, at least in the application of this or in different phases or you're in different seasons of taking care of your body. For some of you, maybe you're facing a health issue, health issue, um, something that's been nagging at you that you just haven't dealt with, or you've been putting it off and you're afraid to go to the doctor because you don't want to hear what they have to say. Um, or, or you know that it's just going to add complications to your life, but in, in putting it off and procrastinating, addressing the issue, it's getting worse or you, you really don't know what's going on with your body. And so for some of you, um, that's going to mean I, I need to go to the doctor. I need to get a checkup. I need to get this one thing that's been bugging me looked at, get a professional opinion, um, whether it's a, uh, you know, family doctor or a chiropractor or somebody, somebody who knows something about the human body who can assist you, um, get that thing looked at. Um, and then do something about it, right? Not just go check the box and say, oh, yeah, now I know what I, I, I knew or I didn't want to know. Um, I, you got to actually go and, and do something about it. Take, take, get, maybe get a second opinion if you need to, but take that medical advice and start doing something to kind of rein in your health and take care of your body. Um, and then the, uh, a couple other things like sleep. I don't know what your sleep patterns are like. Maybe you're a night owl and, and that's tends to be how you are, but, but there's something to be said about fighting for a healthy sleep pattern. Um, if you're getting four hours of sleep a night, that's probably not good for your body. You're putting a lot of stress on your body. Your body's not able to recover, uh, as God has designed it to do. So you need to fight for get in that window seven, six, seven, eight hours of sleep, six, I would say bare minimum, um, seven, eight hours of sleep a day, keep a healthy routine. Um, that that's going to help you in the long run, do a lot for your body. In fact, that's one of the graces of, of human design of what God's done here is, is make it so our bodies have to, to rest. Like it's built into every day. Um, and so sleep is a big, big important thing. Then, then other ones are kind of obvious, right? Especially when you think about new year's resolutions, people go right away to diet and exercise. And these, these things are great. Um, I'm a big believer in that. And sometimes, especially when it comes to the diet, I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Um, because I do know, I do have a medical condition that I know that if I eat this, then it's going to kind of mess with me the next day. Um, and so that's something that I personally start talking about what I'm going to do for next year. And diet is one of the things that's on my list of, of reining in and, and what that looks like, um, and exercise too. So that might look like for you, it might be, Hey, I need to get up and I need to log, you know, what is it? 10,000 steps a day. Okay. Do that. Great. That's a great start. Um, maybe you need to go renew that gym membership. Maybe you need to get a personal trainer, um, go buy a bicycle. I know it's hard to do bicycle stuff here in the winter time when it's icing stuff out, it makes for some pretty fit, funny fail videos. 
Um, but you know, have a plan, figure out what you're going to do to take care of your body. Um, and, and do a good job of that because one of the things that, first of all, as a pastor, I don't want to have to do any funerals this next year. You know, I know I I can't control that. Um, and you never know when the Lord will take somebody home. And, um, but we certainly don't want any funerals to happen for careless reasons, um, or any that need to come before they, you know, that come before they need to. So take care of your body. Your family will thank you. Your kids will thank you. Do some of that stuff. Really practical. It is, this is a piece of discipleship. This is not, this is not like the gospel of Globo Gym, you got to get those macho muscles, but there is something to be said about taking care of your body, being a good steward of it. It's a biblical principle and we ought to do that. So be sure to take care of your body, make plans, figure out what that's going to look like, set some goals, maybe Um, do some of that to take care of your body. Number four, here we start getting into some of the heart level stuff, even maybe character. Uh, I would say tame your vice, Um, figure out what it is that you have a hard time with, uh, a vice in the sense of a, a besetting sin or tendencies or a, a general spirit or demeanor that you find to be um, unproductive for you, whether it be within your own work ecosystem or your relational ecosystem or even within your own you know, just spiritual life, the things that you tend to do, the, find, the, things that, the vices that you, you continue to brush up against um, that stand in the way of you becoming a, a more fully devoted follower of Jesus, a, a well-rounded disciple, uh, a person of, of both knowledge and of virtue, um, and, and really fight against those things. So uh, I'm thinking of this, like for some of you, it's going to be like, I need the, my vice is, um, excess eating. I have a personally speaking here. I have a hard time. I love baked sweets. Okay. You got a muffin for me. I'm going to eat it. You got some donuts. I'm going to eat it. You got some cake. I'm going to eat it. All right. It doesn't matter if I just had some, I'm probably going to do it. And so for me, that's a, it's a silly one and that's not even the worst one. So, um, but that's a vice that I have that I know that I need to fight. Um, another one is drink. And, and this could be just like you're, you're over consuming alcohol. Um, it becomes too much of a routine. Um, I, you know, I'm not saying like if you're having a nightcap, I don't see anything wrong with that. If, if it's not a, uh, something that is inhibiting your, your health or, um, your relationships, I don't, I don't necessarily see a one drink a day being an issue for most people. No, that's not, that's a, a generality there. Um, but if you are over consuming alcohol and it's getting in the way of your relationships, you want to hide in, in the bottle, um, not be known. You don't want people to find out. You want to kind of escape and hide and run to those things, or, or maybe it's weed or, or some other kind of uh, chemical dependency that you rely on as a source of comfort or um, relief or kind of some kind of a, a an oasis from the world that that's something that you really need to get your um, get get the get a leash on and and tame that bad boy and, and pull it back I'm not saying to become a prohibit uh, what do you call it a uh, a prohibitionist where nothing can be done like you can't have anything. Um, but knowing where boundaries are and fighting to keep uh, those those boundaries and those things in check. Another thing that that I think is really important um, is kind of the re- on the relational end of things. Uh, I know there are a lot of people that struggle with gossip, and and I can at times struggle with this as well. I want to talk about what's going on with me, and it can easily get couched. Um, 
and talking about other people. And so that's something that I think there's a lot of us that need to tame the vice of gossip. Gossip is a community destroyer. It usually goes hand in hand with envy, um, or jealousy. Um, and that can be something that we overlook or we, we sort of self-justify or say, well, at least it's, it's not doing this. Um, but really it is one of the most devastating things that can be going on in a community, Christian community, any community for that matter. Um, and so I, I think there's some of us that as we're thinking about taming our vice, gossip would be one of those. Another, another easy one, low hanging fruit technology, um, asking yourself, what's my screen time like? And I know that in the holiday times when we're sitting at home and lounging and, you know, it seems like screen usage goes up when you're supposed to be face to face with people. I'm guilty of that. Um, but that's one of the things that I'm constantly evaluating in my life is how much, how much screen time am I, uh, utilizing and, uh, or wasting. And I think actually Apple, one of the nice things also nice and and very rude of them um, to, to put these screen time reports on a weekly basis. If you got an, uh, an iPhone, tells you how much time you've been spending on online, doing what, shopping, whatever. Um, and it, it just kind of keeps track of that and puts a real number to the, to the time that you expend um, behind your screen. So technology, um, I would also say uh, retail therapy, um, that, that would be something that's a vice. Um, consumerism in a way that that deals that <laughs> tries to uh, sauge your soul in some kind of a way to make up for the wrongs or difficulties of life. I, I would say that's a vice, and, and I think a big one, big 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 one, um, that needs to be addressed is lust. In fact, that's one of the ones that that the Lord speaks about um, very clearly. That um, lust is a problem. It's not a little issue. It's not the the little foxes um, that that'll ruin the vineyard. Um, it's a big problem. In fact, Jesus says it's better. To, to amputate your hand. It's better to gouge out your eye and enter the kingdom on, uh, of heaven as a, um, you know, with one eye, one hand, um, than it is to let your, your lust d- devour you. So whether that's um, lust in terms of uh, sexual lust, um, you need to get, uh, you, you need help. You need accountability with pornography or, and I'm just saying even, I would even say with, um, even checking your Instagram filters and the content that gets fed to you, all of those things, they, they need to be in check if they cause you um, to lust. And so I think that's something that that young men especially um, need to be ruthless of, um, not just taming your vice, but killing um, that sin, that, that vice, um, and bringing that under control. Um, number five will be to focus on stewardship. Okay. This is sort of a broad category, but when you hear it, you think about money, which I think is fitting, um, but this is kind of a, a big umbrella. So let me break this down a little bit. If you want to, if you want to set yourself up for a better 2023, stewardship is going to be have to, something that has to be on your radar. First of all, um, let's talk about financial stewardship. Um, you need to if you're not telling your money where to go, your money's just going to run you over. It's going to, it's going to flee to wherever your, um, your unchecked desires will let it go. Um, and so I think a, a big thing for you to become a good steward of what you have is to put together a budget. Um, now the, the budget may not be essential. Like, you know, may, maybe God's blessed you with a job that's, that's pretty lucrative that you're not necessarily paycheck to paycheck. You're able 
um, to, to put some stuff away and not go from, you know, hand, hand to mouth sort of a lifestyle. Um, not everybody has that luxury, but, um, but in that case, you're like, well, a budget's maybe not that necessary. I know I've always got money uh, to do what I, I need to do. Um, but I would say in, in those cases, it's even more essential. It's for you to do that because it's easy to bleed out without realizing it. Um, and so put that, that, um, that budget together also for, it goes all the way around, whether, um, you've got a surplus of money or money's tight, a budget is going to help you. It's going to give you some sort of frame of reference, um, to help you, um, handle your money in a way that's going to be glorifying to God, but also make your money work for you rather than you work for your money. Um, and so, with that's going to come along, I think this will probably tie into your last one um, of taming your vice is is realizing if you are or if you're not living within your means. So given what you take home every month, what the Lord's blessed you with by by your hard work, giving you the ability to to sweat and to grunt and to do hard work, um, He's given you the means to earn a living. And it's your responsibility to live within that mean, that those means or to pursue another sort of uh, way of, of, of income that will either supplement or be another, it's a be alternative, um, another job basically is what I'm saying, um, so that you can live and provide for your family within that allocated money that you have. Um, and so if, if credit card debt is something that you're, you're dealing with and you're racking up debt on debt on debt, you need to do a budget. You need to get ahead of this. And, and I hate it. I personally hate it. I hate doing money work. I hate thinking about it. I hate budgeting. It to me is such a, a buzzkill. Um, but once you do it, you find that there's quite a bit of freedom in that. You start to to really get a, get a good grip. And so um, if that's you, if you need help, there's a lot of, of apps and resources that'll do it. I think one of the easiest ones is um, the Mint app for your day-to-day, um, daily, monthly budgeting and spending, tracking, all that stuff. I think that's a really helpful app um, that you can use. Uh, otherwise, if you need somebody to help you do that, um, we have a number of people who are, are financially savvy who can help you build a budget and finance team members that would help uh, help you steward with that. Now, as you're building a budget, it's also important to think about how you're using your money or where that money is going and what it's doing. Um, so the kind of businesses that you support, the kind of, um, of stores that you're pumping money into um, on a weekly basis, are they are they pro you? Are they pro your values and the things that, that you appreciate about the world? Or um, are they antagonistic towards those things or even sometimes downright and have animosity towards those things? Um, and you can find another way to, to deploy your money. Um, to serve, uh, I would say, like a, a more biblical lifestyle, more biblical values. So that's evaluating some of your spending habits. Um, and the other thing I would say is your breakdown of, of finances. Um, one of the things that we talk about in our membership classes, and this is one of the pieces of becoming a covenant member at Sacred City Church, is having a mind for stewardship and generosity. And generosity starts with a 10% tithe. You, a lot of people want to say, oh yeah, I'm a generous person. Um, but that's a, a uh, very abstract standard. It's based on feeling, not necessarily a, rather than some sort of objective standard. Uh, and God instructs his people to tithe it's a, the tenth of your income of your gross income um, devoted back to God you're, you're you're giving it back to God as thanks so giving it to um, the local church that you worship with that community to sustain the life the ministry the outreach of that uh, that that congregation 
And then beyond that, see if, man, can I, can I give above and beyond the 10%? And then there's all kinds of great opportunities to practice generosity, not only with your church family um, and those people that you're on mission to, like using your your money as a resource to make friends with gospel intentionality, um, but also all kinds of, of nonprofits and organizations that are doing good gospel work. I think of, of birthright or, or um, um, pregnancy resources. Um, that's the Illinois one uh, or our local one. Um, you think of, of safe families, think of uh, um, so sponsoring a, a child with Fishers of Men Ministries. There's tons, tons and tons and tons of noble places to put your money um, that will go much further than just dumping it into retail therapy or, or you know, getting needless things that you would like to have, but don't necessarily change your life a whole lot. So um, those are the first five. I was initially going to keep going, but I get long-winded here. So I'm going to cut it off. Those are the first five. I'll release the the last five in the coming days so that you can start thinking about, working towards, writing down, jotting down ideas so you can move yourself toward a better 2023 to the glory of our gracious God. 